The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Boy Meets Girl is a pop music duo consisting of keyboardist and vocalist George Merrill and singer Shannon Rubicum. They're perhaps best known for their hit song Waiting for a Star to Fall from 1988 and for writing two of Whitney Houston's number one hits How Will I Know and I Wanna Dance with Somebody Who Loves Me. And now Boy Meets Girl have given How Will I Know a bubbly new twist in celebration of Whitney Houston's incredible career, a story that's being told in the forthcoming biopic, I Wanna Dance With Somebody. This brand new mix will be available as one of the bonus tracks on the vinyl release of their 2021 EP 5. And George and Shannon are on the line with us here. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon. There, Toby, Toby you nice. have got that going on. That was a great introduction. <laughs> that was. It was. It's really great to meet you. Yes, great to meet you too. So what made you want to do this remix of How Will I Know After All These Years? <laughs> we um, we were actually in George's studio some years ago, a few years ago anyway, and he was trying out some new equipment. So we thought, well, let's just record a silly version of How Will I Know because... <laughs> Because it is our song and we could just play with it and try out the, you know, the new equipment in the studio. And um, and so we did. I think we just spent a day or two just, oh, yeah. just we, playing, really. <laughs> you know, everybody knows the song as Whitney Houston, that, yeah. that glorious, iconic voice. And we thought if, if and we were just messing around in the studio anyhow, why don't we just go 180 degrees from that? You know, just a whole different direction. And so we, we uh, you know, musically, we were thinking, well, it could just come out of the the 60s like a yeah kind like of a, like a breezy you know you're walking down the street snapping your fingers that kind of yeah more old she really loves me <laughs> how will i know you know so it's just kind of a wacky we just kind of took our brains out of uh you know the the current music that was going on and just uh see we do we we mess with it and so we found a um a, a, a an ultra pop band pizzicato five that we were inspired by that was doing all these crazy drum tracks we yeah. thought okay that could be the basis of it a little little taste of uh a, a uk band called frou at the time that we liked and uh, so, yeah, so we we just sort of we pieced it together and <laughs> Shannon did an awesome kind of breathy approach rather than trying to outsing Whitney Houston. Yeah. I mean, come on. Don't bother trying to do that. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that because it doesn't sound like 
Whitney Houston, and I mean this as a compliment, really. It yeah. sounds completely different. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. we just yeah. did what, what we're able to do with it and, and had some fun and thought, well, let's just um, put it on the vinyl version because we wanted to put a few new things that were just um, more um, quirky side of Boy Meets Girl. So we did that. And and here is the vinyl. Well, hey, and, uh, yeah, this is the 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 brand new artwork we're quite proud of. And uh, side two, song one. How will I know? Nice. <laughs> Twenty years ago, did you ever think you'd be releasing an album on vinyl again? I didn't, and so I gave away my turntable, wow. and I no longer have those giant speakers. So now I have to get all those things again so I can play it at home. <laughs> Technology has vastly improved. Well, actually, a lot of times people are going back and finding the old amplifiers and stuff. But, yeah, but uh, but we we had stored a lot of the old records, and uh, so I and they were at my house, and so we I, I started digging out the boxes. In fact, some of them are behind me here. And uh, it's a lot of fun because Shannon and I, in the early days, when we were studying bands, you know, when we were playing clubs or, you know, whatever, we wanted to learn a, uh, an Eagles song or a Fleetwood Mac song. We had to take apart the, the backing vocals and everything. And so we'd, we'd break out the album. That's what you had, you know, yeah. at that time. Because the lyrics were on it. Lyrics were yeah. often on the um, sleeve. Yeah. yeah. So you could, you know, because there wasn't the internet. So you yeah. go and look on the sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so like liner notes, it's how we found out, oh my gosh, that's the bass player from Fleetwood Mac. You know, oh man. And, and so you start to kind of, <laughs> you know, put all this together, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when you then for us leaving C. Seattle and moved to Los Angeles, where a lot of those professional players lived, like we could, you know, dial them up on a land phone, not wow. a cell phone, <laughs> and uh, and many times have them come in and play on your sessions and stuff. So, wow. we, you know, it, we, we ended up learning so much from the back of those albums. Yeah. Have you built up so many relationships over the years? Because obviously you've had the chance to write for not just Whitney Houston, but all sorts of incredible people. I would say yeah. that we were not like strong networker kind of people when we mm. lived in LA but we um, we did uh, work with some wonderful players like you know a memorable um, demo session where we hired Wadi Wachtel who wow. uh, he played on a lot of Stevie Nicks things and well tons of people yeah. he was just the go-to guitar player and when he walked in the studio and played on our songs I was just blown away it was so exciting we didn't yeah. end up putting those songs on a record mm. um, I don't know why not but <laughs> but it you know it was such a pleasure and some of these other like Jay Graydon and oh yeah Jay Graydon like such oh. good players and uh, and and just to see their professionality just when you know coming in and hey man uh, yeah I'll do I'll do guitar on this <laughs> and and uh, and uh, and you give him a, a a chart of the music and and in the first run through he's there he's already playing light years above where you thought the song was so now it's just gone into another realm yeah, it's just it's just been such a thrill to have all these great players and singers be part of our music along the way. I mean, they're in in essence, um, you know, we're we're not a we are the band Boy Meets Girl. Yeah. Uh, so many of those players have become our friends and our band as well. Yeah. Know? And the original version of How Will I Know? How did that feel the first time you heard Whitney Houston's vocal on it, and maybe the first time you heard it on the radio? <laughs> well, the first time we heard it. 
um, ever was over, you know, two landline receivers held up. One held <laughs> up in the studio where our friends Preston and Alan Glass were helping Narda mix. Yeah. They held, they called us up and held the phone up to the speakers. We held our landline receiver out so we could both hear it. <laughs> and still, it was so powerful, it restyled my hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't need a, a speaker, a speakerphone. It was just, uh, yeah. Uh, Whitney's voice just came blazing out, and and actually it was cool because that day was the day that she recorded the vocal that everybody hears around the world as the vocal for "How Will I Know." Yeah. So we got the we got the phone call at the end of the day. It was just sort of a rough mix that they threw together, but they wanted to play it for us, and um, um, you know, life changed mm. at that moment to be able to hear <laughs> hear our our song. We had done this demo, we you know, and everything like that, but it but how how it had been interpreted was just so beyond anything we'd imagined before. <laughs> and when you heard that, did you think, that's a hit? And not just a hit, but something that's going to be played for years and years later? We certainly didn't <laughs> think that. Like that. I don't know. <laughs> that I think that probably a lot of singers and songwriters think, well, it's almost bad luck to think something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to jinx this. But um, it definitely sounded like a hit. Yeah. It, it sounded like it had a, a whole bunch of potential, but I yeah. would never have guessed at its trajectory and that still has legs now yeah. Um, yeah. and that so many people are enjoying it and it's being remixed and covered in all these various ways. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that continues to surprise me. And, yep. you know, it delights me, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there aren't many songs that are intergenerational, really, where, you know, even young people today will know How mm. Will I Know and I Want to Dance with Somebody. You can't say that about most songs from nearly 40 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's hit the, um, the realm of being a classic, which yeah. is, again, you know, that surprising and surreal. And we let go of feeling like that was our song, you know, in that possessive way, yeah. uh, the moment really that we sent it out um, to other people. So mm. you've, you've long ago let go of it. So when it comes around, that's the surprise factor, because I'll hear it <laughs> in the grocery store or something. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I'll try to find an empty aisle so I can <laughs> sing and dance. It's true. <laughs> Looking like an idiot. <laughs> Do you ever find a person to go, you know, I wrote that? <laughs> People that know me know that I kind of have that sort of jump up on the table and, you know, I, I have I have that part of me, um, but but I try to tame him somewhat, you know, uh, but I'll be in the grocery store like, <laughs> you know, the, the music is playing our song and uh, um, most of the time I behave myself, you know, but there are those times when I just can't stand it and I go, you know, <laughs> I wrote that, but it's the fun, here's the funny thing is they look at me and I'm, I'm all schlumpy. I'm just walking. I'm just standing there in the grocery store line and everybody goes, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I had that Good moment at the iPhone store, at the Apple store. Oh. Last year, I had to get a new iPhone. And um, and so when it was finally all set up and everything, the guy said, well, do you want to, he was showing me the, the I guess, the music function. So, so he said, do you want a particular song played on this so you can just see how it sounds? <laughs> I just said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, how about you play I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston? Because I wrote that. And he was like, I could just see his thought bubble. 
You are an old lady. You did yeah. not write that song. Crazy, but I'll humor her. So you <laughs> crazy goose. But uh, sure, we'll finish this uh, phone transaction. And yeah. Bye. <laughs> I know that's the that was the reaction I got. To <laughs> you know, I, I kind of shy away from it. You know. <laughs> now, of course, you're known for writing songs, but maybe people know you best for singing one of the songs you wrote, "Waiting for a Star to Fall," which is one of the catchiest songs ever written, isn't Aww. it? Thank, Thank you, Toby. You. <laughs> it's awfully nice of you. Thank you. Ah, uh, gee, I've, no, I'm 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 speechless at a time when I shouldn't be speechless. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst time. I can tell testify that it's catchy because I when I used to be on Facebook which I haven't been on for a long time but I was and and there was this uh, mountain climber guy and he was an avid hiker go out hiking for days apparently and Wyoming and Montana, it sounded like. And he introduced himself on Facebook by saying he'd been out for a hike and it was a difficult one. And yeah. every step of the way, he was singing, waiting for a star to fall. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Got him through the hike. But but then he wanted to get it out of his head, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he was sick of the song. Yes, <laughs> at that exactly. point, yeah. But, okay, but... I, I finished the hike. No, get out of here. He's, now he's traumatized. He's in the grocery store and that song comes on he goes ah <laughs> <laughs> i'd imagine it's quite a difficult song to sing because there's quite high notes in there can you still yes. sing it now oh, thank you <laughs> thank you for bringing that up so actually actually the key that it was in i have a piano back here so oh we're getting a performance uh let's see so i was in i am Okay, I wouldn't dare singing in, in that key anymore. Yeah. So uh, if, if I were going to sing it now, I would probably bring it down minor third. So I hear your name whispered on the wind. It's a sign that makes me cry. You know, it it like it works a lot better to me. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. In that key. <laughs> 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 
you know, that, that works a lot better because uh, it, it gets, I don't know if you could hear that, but it's just, you know, it, it, if I try to do it in the other key, both Shannon and I, it's just it's such a struggle to get up there. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a sore throat for days. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when we were performing that back in the day, and uh, and and even <laughs> even if it was a video show and it was a sort of a lip sync sort of thing, we'd still be singing it, you know. So we'd yeah. get to the end of it, and uh, Shannon and I would look at each other and I sang the heck out of that tonight. Nobody'd even know, you know, because it was the lip sync. But yeah. but uh, but I remember my voice getting really raw like trying to sing that night after night. <laughs> you know, not an easy song and no offense to whitney houston or belinda carlisle or whoever but i think one of the things that makes that song so good is because it was done by you two i mean it's maybe difficult to tell who knows what it would have sounded if whitney houston had sung it but i don't want another version i want your version <laughs> oh I, I like that thank you and i think also you know there's something to having a male singer mm. sing that because it's um a pretty wistful song and so there's that nice juxtaposition and really balancing of having a male singer sing it I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it was, and 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 I, you know, I think it was really satisfying for us um, with the dream of being uh, uh, pop artists. You yeah. know, with our band Boy Meets Girl, even though we'd been songwriter songwriters for hire that had been successful, it was really satisfying to be able to to get out on a stage and and have that song as the as the song that we're singing as boy meets girl so that was a that was that that whole t that whole era and, and i mean it continues to be that way i mean i got a chance to sing it for you just now so it's like yes it's you know it's a one hit wonder i guess in that regard yeah. but it's it's uh we're we're very proud of it it yeah. feels weird to describe yourself as a one hit wonder probably because people probably think of you as that but you've written so many hits I've seen us described that way, but I think a lot of people, um, and maybe until recently, or maybe just now it's happening, yeah. are realizing that we wrote Waiting for a Star to Fall, and then also the Whitney Houston hits. Um, yeah. I think that connection was kind of slow in coming, because I think for a long time, songwriters weren't really the thing, it was the artists. Yeah. So now, you know, with the internet and Facebook, Twitter, and every kind of way to get to know somebody, um, and what all they do um that's more commonly known yeah, yeah it's true point. isn't it back in the day you had no wikipedia or anything to know it maybe say on the album they right. wrote the song but if you were just listening to it on the radio they'd never announce the writer and that would be pretty rare it yeah. would be very rare yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i want to talk to you briefly about the muppets because i should have known <laughs> sure. this but you told me before i came on air something that i never knew you wrote one of the songs from the muppets at walt disney world deep how did you actually get that chance oh man that was such an exciting and unexpected moment shannon do you have the story it we was... were um recording our new dream album yeah. which um, didn't get released until many years later but um we were working with phil ramone phil ramone was um he's since died but he was yeah. just a blast to work with yeah. so funny we spent most of the time laughing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true he was good friends with jim henson who created the muppets of 
of course. And um, Jim Henson was making this Muppet movie and he was in a bind and needed a song for a particular scene. And so he called up Phil and said, do you have any writers that you can call on to get this to me? I just need it right away. We we stopped making the record. We stopped. We 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 stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, start. And uh, well, uh, and well, I interrupted your story. We went off to lunch and. Yeah. Phil and George took off to lunch and I said, you know, I I feel like I should stay here and just get these lyrics written. So I'm going to try and have them done before you get back. Yeah. (laughs) And I drew on my mom's sense of humor. She's, she had a corny sense of humor, but pretty funny. And so I kind (laughs) of grew from that well to come up with these knee deep lyrics because they had to be somewhat ridiculous, but kind of sweet. You know, because Kermit is so heartfelt. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So we wrote this song called Knee Deep. Um, and by the time they came back from lunch, I had most of the lyrics written and I just gave them over to George and he started writing. And Phil was just mm. kind of over the moon about how easy it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all, in the background of the recording, which we made um, either that day or the next day, we all, including Phil, got to do the ribbit, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Phil, Phil did all the little uh, extemporaneous deep that you'll hear in there <laughs> yeah he was part no, of all that meant, stuff um, don't pull the plugs i like my mud to be knee deep let's cut yeah. the rug catch some bugs and get knee deep knee deep it was you like figured that. out a rhyme to you didn't oh snooze in the ooze whenever, whenever we, we choose and, and, and ribbit upon and, the log ribbit upon the logs yeah i mean <laughs> like and it was it was great. It was all, truly it was like a big page of lyrics. We were, yeah. pretty much came in and just kind of <laughs> wrote the song. <laughs> and it sounds like you got the tone about right because when you're writing songs for the Muppets, you know they have to be funny, but you don't want to yeah. overdo it. There has to be right. heart there as well, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. and joyous. So yeah. that was that was really one of the high points of our career because it was it so was. unusual. I I had yeah. so much fun. Yeah, yeah, when I think of the new Dream album, I think of of because because it, it, it got yeah. it got interrupted by that moment but but that song uh, we should have put it on the album <laughs> <laughs> yes you know because maybe you, a know, you, can't, you can't really find the album actually but uh might have might have been a lead-off single yeah um, <laughs> But uh, but it was so cool to hear uh, also when the Hen- you know the whole Henson Productions had had done you know Kermy Kermy singing the lead vocal and everything you know <laughs> yes I like my mud to be neat. is he here yeah except you know, <laughs> it was so cool to to hear you know all the characters actually singing the song <laughs> now I mentioned right at the start that the Whitney Houston biopic I want to dance with somebody is coming out next month how proud does it make you feel that you've effectively came up with the name for that movie <laughs> I feel like is this real because yeah. it it's still you know like I said we let those songs go and they're they belong then to the uh, performers and the fans yeah. and and um, they're out there having their own life that we have just about nothing to do with anymore so it's um it's really incredible it's a huge honor that yeah. they decided to choose our title and I can kind of feel what the emotional tie-in to that might be in the biopic story but it is so cool really 
our friends are already texting and calling us. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge buzz. And, if, you know, yeah, great calls from family. I just saw your name on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been so much fun, you know, to to have this happen. Uh, and it also it sounds like everybody that is working on it. It's it's the crew that um, uh, was they were responsible for coming up with the uh uh, telling the Bohemian Rhapsody story for you know, for uh, Queen and Freddie Mercury, and and I always I, you know, people feel differently, but I thought that was a really well told tale. You know, it is mm-hmm. a, it's a story. It's 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 been reworked, but it but it, it it's a celebration of the music. And what I'm hoping is that um, we'll get a chance to celebrate Whitney through right. her, her through her songs. You know, yeah. She was the driving force of so much because, yeah. because she was just incredibly charismatic and talented. Yeah, yeah, she was, and and we get a chance to have that live on, you know, uh, mm-hmm. through the audio recordings. You know, I'm hoping that they they really make a, a glamorous movie that people can can turn to once in a while and go, oh yeah, here it all is, you know. And it's yeah. and it's you know it's like those comfort movies that we go to. I'm hoping it's a comfort movie for everybody regarding Whitney Houston. It'd be I think everybody would love to have that. Does anybody play you two in the movie? <laughs> uh, I I doubt that. <laughs> Songwriters are so yeah, um, we're we're pretty low on the totem pole. I think <laughs> yeah, you know. We're in the background, and and particularly with someone um, who shines so brightly as Whitney, you know, she is obviously the focus. So, no, but, you know, Clive Davis is being played by... um, uh, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. That's a pretty perfect call, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, I can imagine Stanley Tucci really owning a Clive Davis character. It'll be, it'll be fun to see the footage of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm completely remiss in not knowing the name of the actress who's, who's um, so bold and and, um, courageous as to play Whitney. Yeah. I I don't know her name. Um, And maybe you'll come up with it, Toby. <laughs> Naomi Aki says. Oh, that's here. it. Na- Naomi Aki. Yeah. Okay. Naomi Aki. Excellent. And so, she she's an English actress, I believe. Ooh. I yeah. think she is. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's um, got a lot riding resting on her shoulders, really. Yeah. Um, but I I'm looking forward to seeing how it all goes, and I I think it's probably well done. Well, what else is coming up for you two? Have you got any more plans for more songs, albums, shows, even? We're in the midst of redoing our website right now so oh. there's like that all those you know bits and bobs and uh organization the background stuff that you know you have to do stop yeah. and take care of so uh it's about to go up uh sometime probably in, within the, the month uh people will be able to see the new refresh site um uh, and taking and then the holidays are going to happen. But the two of us are are just looking toward January as mm. as our our moment where we can get back back there. There's a page there's a page of lyrics sitting there on the piano that I haven't been able to get to. Shannon plopped Ooh. there, and oh yeah, they're back. There. Yeah. Can't see them from here, so yeah. no spoilers. <laughs> but we've also got some thoughts about you know the um, oral qualities, the sonics that that we would like to experiment with. Um, mm-hmm. One being twelve string 
guitar. We'd like to um, see what kind of sonic background that might inspire for us Ooh. and uh, thinking about topics that we might like to write about. So, yeah, we're mostly excited about that because I think uh, beyond any other thing, um, we're songwriters at heart. And we're recording artists in the studio, mostly at heart and not really touring people, you know. Yeah. Anybody's welcome to visit us here. And, you know, we'll sing like, you know, we'll we'll dash off a little waiting for a star to fall or something. Just yeah. call us up anytime, Toby. And as long as you pay for the flights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, I think I think it's really about you know we for for us that's where our joy has been derived through our career is the the imagining and then the doing of of a new song so so that's we're, we we can't wait till January. <laughs> yep. Well, the How Will I Know Martini mix will be out on the second of December, and of course the forthcoming biopic of I Want to Dance with Somebody. If you want to go and see it, is in cinemas on the twenty first of December. Globally. But anyway, George and Shannon, thank you very much for coming on today. It's been fascinating <laughs> to talk to you. Thank you, Toby. You're fantastic. This was very fun. Anytime. Yeah, it's been our <laughs> pleasure, man. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.